0: Oh, I don't know what's wrong with this one. Somehow, it doesn't recognize any of my internet connections. How am I? How? How can that be? Thursday, August twenty fifth, two thousand twenty two, folks. I'm Stephen Sierski. This here is my audio digest, and yes, I'm talking about the live stream. And actually, I'm talking about my internet connection in general, as uh, my computer has stopped recognizing uh, not just my Wi-Fi. Uh, or like least my, my apartment Wi-Fi, but also my um, hotspot Wi-Fi from my cell phone. So there's no live stream today. Sadly, too bad. Uh, I was kind of enjoying that. Yesterday was uh, was an interesting one as well. If you didn't get a chance, actually, the, that one I uh, recorded two live streams. I did both uh, the audio digest, and then I also did another reading of the Ukrainian language, which I was revisiting some of my... Uh, childhood Ukrainian storybooks. Uh, so those, I've, I mean, I've had them for years. I actually, uh, the ones that I have here in Beijing, I uh, took from my my hometown many years ago, prior to this uh, whole COVID um, debacle. And I've had, I've had them here since I was asked, like, why did I take them? And I guess one of the reasons was that... Um, I thought if they're going to be thrown away, uh, that I would I, I may as well like have one last look at them or something, uh, and just to sort of see um, how much how, how how useful they are to me at this point. And I mean, if uh, they're not going to go back to Canada, then they can always be gifted on to someone else. Because I know there are several people who uh, might be interested in having some, um, you know, Ukrainian textbooks or Ukrainian storybooks. Uh, if uh, if not too supplement their journey than to begin it, right? Anyway, it's uh, been quite a day. Um did manage to get up uh, to do the morning run. It was a lot slower than normal. I was feeling not... It wasn't... That, since yesterday's workouts were uh, quite heavy, Like um, Wednesdays are one of my heavier uh, workout days, whereas Thursdays are typically um, a rest day. And... So I was like, okay, let's not go too hard. I, I was thinking about going for a bike ride. I'm like, nah, you know what? We'll, we'll do a run. We'll come back and We'll do some mobility stuff. So that's what I did exactly. Uh, so uh, both runs, I think it was taking me 11 minutes and 20 seconds per mile. And I did a morning and an afternoon run, uh, but I wasn't pushing it. I wasn't pushing myself at all. It was more like a very gentle jog. Matter of fact, in the afternoon, uh, I had, there was a kid that... I think he was running faster than me. (laughs) I hear this. uh, I'm not sure. It sounded like a 1980s uh, rock drum beat. So something like that. And he kept pace, I guess. He was just behind me. I guess he didn't want to run right beside me, but he kept about five or six feet back the entire time. And as a result, I mean, he followed me for at least one lap. But that was about it. So... Uh, Yeah, very slow. I did some... um, I'm working on this. I I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I think I did. The Knees Over Toe guy. um, What's his name? I'm going to have to get his actual name. Ben something or other. Let me double check. uh, Because this was actually a very, very helpful book. I mentioned before. Knees Over Toes guy by... What's his name? What's his name? ATG is the... Knee ability zero. And what was his name? I need his name. I gotta check this just because if uh, if I don't, then I'll never remember. Ben something. Oh my goodness. Oh, I can't remember it all. And it's not telling me. Oh, that's great. Oh well, I'll have to look that up for you. Uh, anyway, it's uh, so I was working on that, and there's uh, about five or eight steps total. Yeah, his name is Ben, but I didn't put his last name. Um, but there's eight eight steps total, uh, including like a tibialis raise, calf raises, uh, something called the Patrick step, which is like stepping stepping down but not stepping forward, sort of thing. Uh, the split squat, which he sort of recommends everyone do. Uh, elephant walks, L sits, and couch stretches. So it was, uh, I do that three times a week, and it's supposed to help uh, not just your knees, but also your ankles as well. So it strengthens the whole um, so your, your whole leg, all your legs basically. <laughs> the one thing I was actually thinking about doing is uh, some more upper body, like uh, a shoulder mobility. See One other thing that I've been neglecting and I would like to uh, do a a little bit more on, there are a few exercises uh, that I've found on Instagram before uh, using a lot of uh, resistance bands and uh, body weight exercises, but I don't have anything as nicely laid out as this just yet. Uh, So if you know anything, let me know, I'd be interested to to, uh, find out. Uh, the Delta. So I mentioned that I'm doing the, the uh, Delta or I'm starting the journey of the Delta. And I actually, I haven't paid for it just yet. So although I have been accepted into the program, um, which is not overly difficult to get accepted in, you you write an application form, you send in a task, your CV, and then you uh, go through a, an interview So and then they basically accept you into the program. After that, you pay. Um, today was the introductory interview and so I met with this guy and apparently he's been in Oman for the last like six years or so uh and then he's looking to come to China I'm like what (laughs) what you're coming to China and so he's one of these few people and I remember uh, if you if you haven't had a, a chance to listen to uh, episode number thirty one of my podcast, I talked to uh, Rachel Wace and she mentions that a few people have asked her about coming to China. Uh, so she's been uh, there have been people who are interested to in come here. But I'll, I mean, even during today's uh, interview, I was like, this is a, this is an anomaly. I mean, it's not very usual for people to be thinking about coming here. Uh, given you know the current situation and not even just the current situation it's difficult to get into the country Uh, like the the visa takes an extraordinarily long time uh, to process uh, all the paperwork that's required Um, I mean it's not like you just get on a plane with your passport and land there's no visa on arrival to China nothing Uh, I mean Hong Kong has it Um, I think Macau has it as well maybe Shanghai does 72 hours uh, visa-free There might even be something for beijing but that might be gone now due to uh, the covid uh, restrictions as of late so all that being said apparently he's coming into uh, china uh, at some point uh, down further south Uh, he's going to take up a university position here and we were talking about you know the different places to uh, work and live as in the esl um, sphere he's had his delta for quite a few years already uh, and, uh, he, he basically said, if you're not going to do all three modules, and I mean, he would sort of question like, why would you bother doing the first module? And I've, I've gone through these, I've mentioned the, the ideas behind each different module. So module one, the one that I'm signed up for right now is much more, uh, theory based. It's a lot more terminology. Uh, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of textbook reading and stuff like that. Module two is more practical. So that's where you're actually developing a a course um, and implementing it uh, at the same time. And you're getting feedback uh, from your your, uh, tutors, as they're called, instructors. And uh, then module three is a lot about, uh, is designing a course syllabus, like your own sort of um, syllabus that you'd be able to take into any, anywhere and uh, deploy it and give it, to, actually you'd be able to give it to anybody and they'd be able to read and go through it and deploy what your syllabus says to do from uh, step one to the last step, from first to last step and the course would in theory um, help someone learn the language sort of thing, the English language so, so that's parts one, two and three, module, modules one, two and three I'm doing module one. Uh, it's going to last until December, um, and although work is busy right now, it looks like it should drop off. Well, maybe even not before um, National Day uh, in uh, at the beginning of October, but then October, November uh, should be pretty quiet, and then the exams in uh, December. Now, one of the things that sort of attracted to me, this uh, attracted me to this whole Delta program, was that I don't think it's um, there's no classwork. Uh, I mean, there's there's tasks every week that you have to do, homework you have to do every week, there's reading, but a lot of it is on your own. I think you can meet with your instructors uh, and discuss things, but you don't have to sit in a class, there's no, uh, and I think it's every Monday it sort of rolls on, so regardless if, you, if you've uh, finished, I'm not sure how much, if you're allowed to uh, fall behind at all, I think it's sort of, uh, it's cumulative, it builds up on itself, uh, so that being, this, being the case, you can't Really, you can't skip anything, you have to do everything, it's either everything or nothing, and so I ask him, like, so when would I know if I'm in over my head, he's like, oh, the first week, I mean, uh, we could pretty much tell um, within the first task, whether or not you're getting it or not, so, uh, but I mean, I've done some of the reading before, I've posted about these things, I have some of the textbooks already, Uh, I've been thinking about it, I've been reading about it for a little while, I've I've found some uh, online resources and stuff like that, Uh, As I've been told, um, the Delta is not uh, as well regarded. It's not as looked at, looked upon favorably here in China. Uh, And it's not that they would ignore it. It's just that a lot more, there are fewer places in China that would look at it and go, "Ah, okay, you've got that. Rather than if you go to the Middle East or some other places, um, they would look at it and go, "Okay, you do have a delta, or you do have a master's in this," uh, and they uh, maybe sort of say, "Okay, that, that's good. That puts you in sort of this pay scale or this uh, these sort of job opportunities and things like that." So, it's I've been told by more than one person, uh, by more than a few people, I should say, that. You don't do the delta if you're going to stay in China. You do the delta if you're going to leave, basically, and that's that is what's coming up. I'm interested in the the, uh, the theory, the terminology, uh, uh, the and not just the theory um, as it pertains to like the idea of teaching English, uh, but also like how languages are learned in general. Because I think, um, especially with my language vlog that I've been uh, posting on uh, quite a bit. It's one of these things where you can learn the skills of teaching and learning one language and then apply them to another one, right? So that's the idea I have in mind. I might be completely wrong. (laughs) Uh, And we'll see how this uh, sort of goes. But I guess if if you do wanna follow along, with my progress on the on the Delta program, I will be posting a lot more about it on my language vlog. So it's Stephen's Language Vlog on YouTube. Uh, you can look for that and it should pop up. And that's where I'm going to start posting a lot of the uh, sort of snippets and stuff like that from the course as it unfolds over the next uh, three months. And yeah, it's going to be a busy three months, um, given that I'm also trying to also do the HSK5 uh, test again, hopefully in, uh, well, it's not going to be October, it'll probably be November. So by, by December of this year, I should be done with the HSK-5 test and the Delta Module 1 um, as well. So a portion of that. So uh, that being the case, I do actually have, um, there was a comment on my website about one of these, uh, one of my posts uh, prior, uh, prior post, uh, thoughts before my hsk Five tests, uh, and so Ben Dawson writes uh, he can that he can identify with a lot of what I wrote in the uh, uh the, the article and, and blog post, uh, in his, in his struggles in the on again, off again relationship with the language he's had for the last nine years. Uh, like me, he's less, he's also less interested in adopting the culture and more interested in Chinese as a communication tool. Uh, which I think is a very important point. Uh, it's also per- personal interest for him, uh, but that might change if he gets to a uh, uh, a decent enough level. Um, he also recognizes uh, the the difficulty and the the sheer amount of time and effort required to make progress. It is he acknowledges it's very difficult to make progress while holding down a full time job and various other commitments. Um, and he he does go on about how. Uh, he recognizes how important it is to have a lot of input. He does a lot of listening and reading practice as his time allows, and I know he's a busy guy as well. Uh, and he, he mentions a lot more character recognition, uh, character memorization. I, I've, I've gone back to this several times that I think one of the uh, issues with my HSK5 result, which I failed uh, last, well, last month, I guess it was, is because the I just did not know enough of the characters. You you got to make it so natural for your eyes to see it, the brain to recognize the sound and the meaning, and for your mouth to be able to speak the the, the sound associated with that characters uh, with that character. He still uses memorize and flashcards, but they're secondary to other things. He hates using textbooks and doing exercises, especially grammar, um, but I think his grammar is actually better than mine, to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, he's using Chinese pod for lessons, graded readers, and cartoons, uh, particularly the YouTube series Journey to the West series by Little Fox. Okay, so I haven't looked at this just yet, uh, and I actually uh, I sent him another uh, Douyin clip, which he has, he, he doesn't, he strangely does not have Douyin. I thought everyone had Douyin in China, uh, but uh, there's a very, imagine, like, I want to say imagine Family Guide in, in China, but it's not, it's not at all. What The cartoon that I watch on Douyin is a bunch of cartoon characters that have um, emoji faces, and by emoji, they're popular emoji faces that you would see used elsewhere, but they're stuck onto these animated uh, characters. Like these, uh, they look like dogs, but I'm not entirely sure. But they could be like human human animal hybrids of sort, and they're all sort of uh, crudely drawn—not rudely, but crudely drawn. Uh, so I, I'm, and, but it's all in Chinese, so it's it's kind of funny to see how they're doing. Uh, but he even says Peppa Pig is also useful in Chinese. Um, He also, he makes another comment later on, uh, and this was actually uh, kind of interesting how he has also observed this, that the people that he knows that speak it well enough, um, although this is not by means 100%, but the people who do speak it very well often have a Chinese wife or they live with a girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, I've made a post about this on my language vlog, about, you know, do... Does having a, a, a significant other help in uh, the, uh, your, your language learning or does it not? Like, do you still have to, how much more do you have to learn even though you have a girlfriend, uh, boyfriend or wife or whatever, a partner, right? And I would say more, more times than not, having a boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other is not going to help you. It'll help you in the chase stage, but um, when you're screaming at each other, it's not going to help. <laughs> you cannot learn a language fast enough to understand someone who's screaming at you about, why don't you just, and then all the words that, then they start speaking some colloquial language and you're like, maybe some of these things you shouldn't know, but you do it learn some interesting stuff, uh, you know, like swear words and uh, different ways that they uh, understand situations and, uh, you know, maybe they can use analogies would be another thing. Um, so you do learn a lot of those things in the relationship, uh, sense. Uh, but, um, there are, uh, he, he also recognizes that there are people out there, Westerners who, uh, are in China because they, uh, they love being here. They love the culture. They love the food, the cooking, uh, uh all the history and stuff like that. Uh, and I wonder actually how many of those people are left in uh, the country right now. Uh, are they the ones sticking through it? Jeez, are we the ones sticking through it? Are we the the xenophiles of another sort, um, you know, given the fact that we are uh, still here. Uh, But uh, yeah, again, with uh, these comments that Ben is making, it it seems pretty clear that Chinese language as a communication tool, not necessarily as a, you know, if you don't embrace the culture uh, and its people 1000% and all of its 5000 years of history, then you won't be able to get it. I think there is something to be said that given the difficulty of the language, that the more time you put in and the longer you are in contact with the language, the better you will um, become with it. Now, uh, there is some theory, some uh, research that shows that the age of 12 is sort of your cutoff for um, the, the brain development, and with a language like Chinese, where it's tonal, and I imagine it's the same for Cantonese and possibly uh, some other languages as well, um, that to get the you know precise language fluency, it would require uh, a lot more years than your adult life would like. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so... It, it definitely is a language that uh, takes up a lot of time and uh, requires a substantial amount of uh, commitment to uh, to become proficient in. HSK five. When I say it, I mean people are kind of like, "Ooh, that's that's very high." I'm like, "Yeah," and I don't feel that way at all. Not gonna lie. Very. So I, I guess it's sort of you know, the conclusion is that I'm not HSK five yet because I'm still struggling uh, all the way through it. Finally. As organizations are getting reshuffled and uh, people are reshuffling themselves, it's one thing when management reshuffles, but when HR takes off, <laughs> oh, you know, some things might not be going going away, uh, going the way that they should be. But uh, all that being the case, we've had some changes in our own organization. I know it's been a huge uh, upheaval the last couple of years, and I know a lot of the Chinese people that we uh, we work with, um, some of them like disappeared because they went home and they just, they couldn't come back, uh, which I laugh. But uh, it's been such a, a common occurrence that they just you know uh, either the company let them go or they decide not to return uh, for any number of reasons. But uh, we, in seeing some some more people leave, seeing the Chinese uh, faces leave the organization, you go wow, this is the, this these pandemic controls, the current economy. Um, And this is what people are saying now. It's not so much COVID; it's the economy. And I go, "Well, when did it become about the economy and not COVID measures, right?" Like up until I don't know a couple months ago, it was like, "Oh, COVID this, COVID that, uh, lockdowns, whatever." uh, China lockdowns, uh, more cases there, over there, wherever. No one talks about vaccinations anymore. But now it's all about the economy. When did that dialogue change? I've I've talked to, before I mentioned this, shang is qi uh, is, you know, this sort of downtroddenness, this sullen attitude that uh, uh, some people seem to have. I, I got this from my neighbor uh, last month or so. he's like, yeah, a lot of the Chinese people I know are just a little, they're not as hustling. They're not as hustling. I mean, and I, I see it. I see it. They are not as optimistic. They are not hustling as much as, they used to. They don't have, uh, you know. It's it's not. They don't have their main job and like a secondary job, and they're certainly not looking for a tertiary job. I mean, it, it's just it's not there anymore. Uh, I think they're just trying to grin and bear it and get through as much as they can, uh, and uh, sort of make a, like a survival rate rather than you know a thriving rate none of them are, well i have seen quite a few people leave the country as well even chinese uh so maybe they are pursuing uh opportunities overseas as well but uh, uh i mean i my there's been a lot of job changes over the last couple of years uh but to see the the latest sort of um slew of them it's kind of like wow now it's it's you sort of see it when you see HR start shuffling amongst the ranks because they're normally conservative people. The people who make up the HR ranks, they're very conservative by nature. And when they move, you're going kind to of like, wow. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess there's that flag. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for uh, listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for Ben for your comment on my, uh, uh, my uh, blog post. I appreciate it as well. Show notes, tracks and vids up on my website and uh, we will talk again. Have a good one. Enjoy the uh, the cooler weather out there. It's a bit nicer. And remember, get your runs in. You can slow down, but you can't stop. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.